It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're gonna lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game, this is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady. I don't know why we ever think it won't. It's gotten almost not realistic in anything that we've ever thought this guy just changes the mold of the way we think and continues and there's Spagnuolo telling him. I have no answers for you tonight, that's what he's saying. Well, that is the way the Super Bowl ended last night and I'm going to start today with some well, happy news, depending, I guess, on your side of the team. But compared to the rest of the news, why, it's just thrilling news. So I'm going to tell you that Tom Brady uh, made some real records last night. Uh, the quarterback that he is, he was with, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat Kansas City Chiefs by 31-9. to <laughs> I'm laughing as I'm saying this because you all know that I'm not— I, Look, I was watching Mike Lindell and— uh, uh, Dr. Gold uh, yesterday. Oh, that's those are the videos I was watching while my husband was watching the Super Bowl. So I'm no expert, but I did see some things. Okay, so I'll talk about what I do know, and I can read, and so that's what I'm reading to you. I thought this, these stats were really, really were very interesting. Uh, Brady was honored as the game's most valuable player. He's 43. He's the first player at 40 plus years old to win a championship game series most valuable player in any of the four major North American professional sports. That's pretty amazing. Uh, the Buccaneers in Tampa won their first Super Bowl since 2002. They be became the first team to play and win a Super Bowl in their home uh, stadium. Again, Brady, this old guy, 43, the oldest player to ever play in the Super Bowl, and he came away with his seventh championship. And um, let me just, one last thing. Tom Brady, uh, according to this Fox Sport uh, thing that I'm reading, uh, Brady was already regarded as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and with this victory, it only cements his legacy further. So uh, that's what happened last night. I um, the, the national anthem was performed beautifully. If I have time, maybe I'll play it uh, when we come back to another segment. It was beautiful. Of course, but, of course, before, they, they played the black national anthem, which is so appalling to me. What are we? Uh, do we have a white national anthem? Do we have a, you know, a, a Hispanic national anthem? Do we have a... You know, Russian national anthem, we are like people from all over the world who come together under a set of ideals known as Americans, and we have one national anthem. So that ticks me off. Yes, they did that yesterday. And then we got to, of course, uh, hear from our president, Joe Biden, and his wife, Jill. And let's listen. They had interesting things to say. Super Bowl Sunday. Before kickoff, we wanted to thank all the frontline healthcare heroes both at the game and watching across the country. You put yourself at risk to keep the rest of us safe. You and your families carried us through this year with courage, compassion, and kindness. We couldn't have made it without you. With all our hearts, thank you. 
And as we thank you and all of our essential workers, let's remember we all can do our part to save lives. Wear masks, stay socially distanced, get tested, get vaccinated when it's your turn. And most of all, let's remember all those who we've lost. So please join us, the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the National Football League in a moment of silence for the more than 440,000 Americans who lost their lives in this pandemic and for their loved ones who are left behind. You know, it's interesting. I watched that, and uh, as I watched at least the camera that I saw focused, nobody was paying any attention. There was no... Look, if you saw something different, I would like to know. I didn't see a moment of silence. I didn't see people responding in any way, whatever that means. I would say this, just to set the record straight, there's no science that says that wearing masks and social distancing is effective in fighting COVID. Uh, I've talked about this a million times, and of course, how interesting that that's what they would focus on before the Super Bowl. And 440,000 Americans have lost their lives. More than That's really not true either. The CDC's own figures will show you that 90, 94% of the people that they claim died from COVID died from other things with COVID as a, a diagnosis. Some were motorcycle accidents, gun shootings. Uh, people had other things wrong with them, and they contracted COVID. So that's what's true. Uh, that's what's true. But the Centers for Disease Control, uh, they were out to help you also with guidelines for the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw this, but I want to read this to you. The, you know, like This reminds me so much of the Russian government, the communist Russians when I was, was growing up, the kinds of things they would do to control their people. So this is what they say. Um, ahead of the big game, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has guidelines on safer ways to enjoy the Super Bowl. First of all, you shouldn't have a Super Bowl party. Uh, you should have a virtual Super Bowl watch party. Gathering virtually or with the people you live with is the safest way to celebrate the Super Bowl this year, the CD states. Wearing, wearing clothing or decorate your home with your favorite team's logo or colors. You know what? I'm so glad they suggested that. I would not have thought of that, would you? I wouldn't have thought of, I just wouldn't have thought about decorating my home or my body with a team that I'm supporting and their logo. That's really clever and helpful. All right, so they also recommend start a text group with other fans to chat about the game while you're watching. Uh, and then uh, it says, if you must have an in-person Super Bowl party, it should be held outside. Well, of course, outside on February the 7th in most of the country, starting at 6.30, well, it's a little cold. And so they're suggesting, the CDC says, well, set up a projector outside and then everyone can stay six feet apart. So that's their suggestion. I, oh, wait, there's more. Avoid shouting, cheering loudly, or singing, the CDC states. Uh, instead, clap, stomp your feet, or bring or provide handheld noisemakers. I could go on. I mean, and of course, Dr. Fauci, you know, you don't want parties with people that you haven't had much contact with. You just don't know. And on and on it goes. And so the uh, controllers, the oligarchs, the totalitarians in our world right now, even for the Super Bowl, cannot leave their hands off. And of course, the politically correct cannot leave their hands off of it either. Uh, so uh, that's what happened. Of course, um, I have to say that Joe Biden and Jill spoke that few minutes about, you know, masking and uh, a, a silent moment of remembrance for the the overstated, way overstated numbers of people who've died for co from COVID. Just not true. 
but the, you know, the charade continues. And so, um, and by the way, Hunter, their son is back. He's got a memoir coming out called Beautiful Things. It's out in April. And in another interview, I think that aired last night on, I think on 60 Minutes, uh, Joe Biden said, you know, my boy's back. So yes, his, his criminal, um, uh, part of his criminal family, his son, one of the expediters of all the money from China, uh, is back, uh, is back. So uh, that's, that's the world in which we live. And I guess I have a lot more things to tell you that are not so pleasant today. You know, this is the week that President Trump is scheduled to be, the hearing to impeach him will be held in the Senate. Rand Paul was on with, uh, with Chris Wallace last night on Fox News Sunday, and uh, basically he said there's no chance that he's going, this is going to be uh, successful in the Senate. But he had a lot of other things to add, and I wanted you to hear what Dr. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, had to say. Say, clip three. You know, I opposed the notion of, uh, which I think was a misguided notion of voting to overturn the election, either with Congress or with the vice president. But I think if we're going to criminalize speech and uh, somehow impeach everybody who says, oh, go fight to hear your voices heard, I mean, really, we ought to impeach Chuck Schumer then. He went to the Supreme Court, stood in front of the Supreme Court and said specifically, hey, Gorsuch, hey, Kavanaugh, you've unleashed a whirlwind and you're going to pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you continue with these awful decisions. This inflammatory wording, this violent rhetoric of Chuck Schumer was so bad that the Chief Justice, who rarely says anything publicly, immediately said this kind of language is dangerous as a mob tried to invade the Supreme Court. So if people want to call, hold President Trump accountable for language, there has to be a consistent standard. And to my mind, it's a partisan farce because they're not doing anything to Chuck Schumer, not doing anything to Representative Omar, not doing anything to Maxine Waters. It's just not fair. It's just partisan politics under a different name. All right. Good for Rand. And I want, I want to continue with him because he makes such great points. This is a part of another question that Chris Wallace asked him. Let's listen. I don't condone any of the language, and like I say, I opposed philosophically and voted against overturning the election. However, I think you're going to see the Trump defense play video of Maxine Waters telling crowds to mob uh, Trump administration in restaurants and attack them. They'll probably show clips of Cory Booker saying, get up in their face of these Congress people. You'll probably see comments from Representative Omar wishing and celebrating the violence that happened to me when I had six ribs broken and part of my lung removed. I think you're going to see all of this and people are going to have to judge for themselves. Are we going to impeach and, and potentially criminally prosecute people for political speech when they get say, get up and fight for your country, let your voices be heard? Has nobody in this country heard of figurative speech? You can argue that his position was wrong and that it was misguided. I accept all of that. But if you're going to criminalize his speech, you have to do it with the same standard. You can't just criminalize Republican speech and ignore all the Democrats who have incited violence. Look at the mayor of Seattle. She went on and on about this being a summer of love. Kamala Harris went forward and said, we should bail out these violent protesters. One of them has gotten out three times, committed crimes three times, including cracking the skull, fracturing the skull, and causing a brain injury after Kamala Harris advocated for getting him out of prison. So the thing is, is we can't just have a, a double standard. Both parties have to be treated the same. Okay. I think Democrats had any bit of self-reflection, they would be saying this is a really terrible idea. Chris Wallace actually was quieted by Rand Paul. Of course, he was uh, on the move, you know, hostile as always. Well, how could the president, the president incited the right, you know, here's a clip. And so this is the clip he played 
uh, to illustrate that President Trump incited violence on January the 6th. Let's listen. Clip 10. We fight. And if you don't fight, you're not going to have a country anymore. Well, of course, that wasn't much of a clip of President Trump. But you heard what he said. If you don't fight, you're not going to have a country anymore. Well, that's terrible. Uh, that's really, those are fighting words. That's the reason to be impeached, isn't it? In fact, the table of contents on the impeachment document for him uh, reads something like this. President Trump refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. President Trump encouraged his followers to come to Washington on January 6th and fight to overturn the election results. President Trump incites insurrectionists to attack the Capitol. Uh, President Trump violated his oath of office. President Trump attacked the democratic process. President Trump imperiled Congress. President Trump undermined national security, and on and on it goes. Well, uh, the defense of President Trump in the Senate this week, his attorneys are going to be playing videos of Democrats, probably a lot of the things that Rand Paul just mentioned, uh, playing uh, examples of Democrats who have incited. Probably Chuck Schumer will have you know center stage on this, and they'll use that as their uh, as part of their defense. And so that's what's going to be happening this week. And you want to know about that? I know that you do. I also have to tell you that last night, uh, speaking of, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to go on with this clip right now. I think I'm going to save it because last night in D.C., uh, while D.C. is locked down with thousands of National Guard troops, you can't hardly go anywhere. I guess people are starting to go out to eat a little bit. Uh, but someone asked me yesterday at church if I'm, you know, uh, how, you know, if I'm there frequently downtown. And I said, not anymore. It's an armed camp. It's like it's like uh, the old Soviet Union. I, I don't know. There's nothing. I wouldn't. Uh, it's oppressive and depressing and horrible right now. Uh, there's no joy. I do everything online or with Zoom. I don't know. I don't go down there and hang out. I, I don't do that right now. Uh, but I don't think people realize how really horrible it is. So I'm going to give you another example when I return. And then I'm going to tell you some stuff that's really a pretty a disturbing you know i it's uh, not like obscene like your kids can't listen but it's going to be things that's going they're going to accept you upset you they upset me uh but i have to tell you and you have to know so stay tuned sandy rios in the morning on afr talk So there's this guy, and his name is Jose, and he's healthy, he's got a happy family, he's busy running his own payroll company in Texas, goes to the doctor and gets news you never want to hear, cancer. And here's the thing, he had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jose and his wife Estrella was, is this really going to work? Especially after they got hit with an $85,000 bill. That bill was paid so fast that it was amazing. We didn't have to worry. They paid right away. All his doctor visits, it was just amazing. So yes, MediShare works. And a typical family saves $500 a month when they switch to MediShare. But it's not just about the money. Just to have believers knowing that they're praying for you, you know, you it just it melted your heart. And I'll tell you, I, I have nothing, nothing but great things to say about MediShare. Why wait? You can call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Christopher Tuttle, Chief Financial Officer for the Federal Financing Bank. Mr. Tuttle leads the corporation that handles federal budget management issues for the United States. Psalm 24.1 reminds us of why it's important that we be good stewards. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Christopher Tuttle that he may serve as a good steward for our country. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Pray with us as we lift up each state's freshman senators and representatives as part of our 2021 BOLD initiative, Beside Our Leaders Daily. Learn more at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns with news and commentary next. Liberty University is more than just exceptional academic programs, NCAA athletics, and state-of-the-art facilities. They believe in training champions for Christ. They know that where academic excellence and unwavering faith meet, there is liberty. Explore their campus virtually and learn how you can train as a champion for Christ online or on campus by texting TODD to the number 49596. That's TODD to the number 49596. Franklin Graham says it's time for Christians to stand up against President Biden's ungodly executive orders. The well-known evangelist was on my national radio show the other day, encouraging Americans to pray that God would guide and direct Biden and his administration, especially on threats of religious freedom. We've already seen some very troubling developments. The administration opening up bathrooms and locker rooms to men who identify as women, and a military chaplain is under investigation for opposing transgender truth. Graham also warned Christians about the so-called Equality Act, calling it extremely dangerous to churches and Christian organizations. And he said we must pray that God will intervene. Regardless, he said Christians should not be discouraged, even though we are entering a very dark period of American history. He said we are called to stand out and speak up salt and light. That's what the Bible says. Be sure to download my free podcast. Read more about this story at ToddStearns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right. Uh, well, while, uh, while uh, you know, the press and uh, the D.C. Uh, networks, well, the na- national networks are obsessed with January 6th and so-called insurgents, the insurrectionists, who were Donald Trump supporters, well... Okay, I have to be careful with my language because I don't believe for a minute that they were the only people in that building in the Capitol. And, of course, many people, thousands, were gathered uh, when President Trump spoke, which is very separate from that. Uh, And, of course, now they're being targeted, and I'm going to give you some really frightening examples of how it's gotten worse. Uh, It just—it turns my stomach, to be honest. But um, I have to say that uh, while that was happening on the 6th and you're saying, you know, the shaman and he's being, you know, they're calling him a Christian and which he wasn't. He's like, well, I don't know what his heart is, but he's an environmentalist shaman. So I'm thinking maybe uh, he's not a Christian, but that's the example that they give. And of course, uh, he looks ridiculous, but they make it. uh, But of course, they point to other people in the crowd and they're supposedly the you know the ringleaders the the examples, and uh, the FBI and uh, all the agencies are all over them, which I will tell you about in a second. Meanwhile, across town, 
last night? Well, last night there was a blank the police march in D.C. Uh, it was Black Lives Matter activists, and um, they were chanting various slogans like, Black Lives, they matter here, and if we don't get it, burn it down. Uh, let's listen a little bit, and then I'll tell you more about it. Clip one. saying they're saying i know what they're saying they're saying whose streets our streets whose streets our streets and then they're saying burn it down burn it down and of course in other cities they're chanting uh we won't be ruled by biden uh they attracted they attacked the democratic i'm talking about antifa their companion fascist communist friends uh they burned down burned down they vandalized and burned in part uh, the DNC headquarters, I believe in Seattle, it's either Portland or Seattle, right after uh, the uh, inauguration. Uh, and they say, we will not be governed. Uh, they are communist anarchists, and they were marching through the streets of Washington last night, shouting, making people repeat phrases. Uh, they shine flashlights into the windows of local businesses and residents. Uh, D.C. did nothing. The police were, they just stood back and let them do whatever they wanted to do, probably because nobody's going to help them if they tried to do something. Uh, they, uh, they advertised on Twitter, was organized on Twitter. Well, yes, while, um, you know, my pillow, my Lindell has been banned and so have uh, many other, of course, endless outlets and people have been banned. Twitter is helping Antifa and Black Lives Matter organize uh, their graphic said, abolish police, abolish prison, abolish ICE, free the people. And they say, come out, wear black. They're planning on like three or four more nights of this. Remember whose streets? Our streets. Whose streets? Our streets. And remember, burn it down. Burn it down. You know, I'm just wondering, I just wonder if any of you think that sounds like insurrection. You think that sounds like insurrection? But I think it might sound like insurrection, but no one in D.C. really cares. Our politicians don't care. Uh, Mitch McConnell doesn't care. Uh, Liz Cheney uh, doesn't care. She was talking about how people, she was not censured. Or, no, she was, she was censured out of Wyoming, but she was not removed from her position in Republican leadership. She's in the third spot. And she was asked by Chris Wallace, of course, they're, you know, they're buddies, uh, how she felt about that, and she said the people of Wyoming have been lied to. They think there was election fraud. They actually think that Black Lives Matter and Antifa was at the Capitol on that day. It's just all lies. I wish I, I wish you could hear her say that. Say they have no like. They either are stupid, including Liz, who's brilliant. You can be brilliant and still be stupid, or they're intentional. And I don't know which it is. Uh, Mitch McConnell just he lives in that city, and he does. And his wife was the secretary of a transportation and they you know that not a word not a single word about uh the blank the police march and all the damage that they have done to that city nothing not a word but on january 6th well, that was you know the sky is falling and they must be punished i also just want to tell you uh, as a follow-up uh also the national guard were there why weren't they employed why were they not employed? They well, the, the the group last night, the blank the police rally, 
were marching down the streets and they went to people eating outside at restaurants and screamed at them, shouting at them. Um, yeah, but, but uh, you know, the National Guard can't be deployed for that. That's, that's not important. By the way, Black Lives Matter has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for carrying forward a movement of racial justice. It's ironic that President Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize as well for his work on Middle East peace, for his Abrahamic Accord and other things. So it's just uh, it's crazy times. But that's not all I want to tell you. There's the national security expert named Ann Applebaum. And uh, I, don't, I can't say too much about this, but I will say this. She did facial recognition on uh, some photos from the Capitol, and she spotted a Ukrainian named Sergei Dibinyan, one of Ukrainian's operators. Um, she said, analyzing the Ukrainian media activity on January 6th and 7th, it shows that they had a team on site that collected footage and immediately published false claims such as, this is Ukrainian media, who she says is owned by the, uh, the, US, the uh, Ukrainian oligarchs, and this is how they reported it. Social networks have already seen a Russian trace in organizing riots in the U.S. In the video, supporters of the current U.S. President Donald Trump stormed the building of Congress in Washington. And then, in quotes, the Russians can be heard yelling, come on, faster, bolder, bolder. And this is Ukrainian media reporting about what was happening. And inside was Sergei Dubinim. There are lots of frames of him here. Um, let's see. Sorry, I can't, I can't, this is very tiny, so I can't really read to you more of a description about him. And she's uh, also thinking that another activist was there too, but I'm not going to get into that because I can't be certain about the words there because they're so tiny. And I don't want to misreport to you, but that's, we have evidence that Ukrainian operators, at least one for a fact, and maybe the second one too, uh, at the very least, were there and they were filming and misreporting, helping, you know, helping us. Uh, so uh, this is, what I wanted to get to, this is an article by Julie Kelly. It's in um, American Greatness. And so bear with me because I, uh, I have to share this with you. Not, but, and before I do that, uh, New York Times came out with an article a few days ago titled, They Stormed the Capitol and Their Apps Tracked Them. Times Opinion was able to identify individuals from a trove of leaked smartphone location data. In 2019, a source came to us with a digital file containing the precise locations of more than 12 million individual smartphones for several months. The data is supposed to be anonymous, but it isn't. We found celebrities, Pentagon officials, and average Americans. It became clear that this data, collected by smartphone apps and then fed into a dizzyingly, dizzyingly, yeah, dizzyingly complex digital advertising ecosystem, was a liability to national security to free assembly, and to citizens living mundane lives. All right, that, but then they go on to say, now one year later, we're in a very similar position, but it's worse. A source has provided another data set, this time following the smartphones of thousands of Trump supporters, rioters, and passers-by in D.C. on January 6th. As Donald Trump, uh, then it talks, it does its own editorializing about, you know, how five people died and it was an insurrection by Trump supporters. But they then say, key to bringing the mob to justice has been the event's digital detritus. Location data, geotagged photos, facial recognition, surveillance cameras, and crowdsourcing. The data collected on January 6th is a demonstration of the looming threat to our liberties posed by a surveillance -like economy that monetizes the movements of the righteous and the wicked alike. The data we were given showed what some in the tech industry might call a God-view vantage of that dark day. 
It included about 100,000 location pings for thousands of smartphones, revealing around 130 devices inside the Capitol exactly when Trump supporters were storming the building. Time's opinion is only publishing the names of people who gave their permission to be quoted in this article. About 40% of the phones tracked near the rally stage on the National Mall during the speeches were also found in and around the Capitol during the siege. All right, now I know what they're trying to infer. Look, it's natural that people would walk to the Capitol. I surely would have walked to the Capitol if I'd been there. I wanted to be there, and I wasn't able to go. Um, So a clear link between those who listened to the president and his allies then marched on the building. Well, that's a lie, because they might have gone around the Capitol doesn't mean they all marched on the building. While there were no names or phone numbers in the data, we were once again able to connect dozens of devices to their owners, tying anonymous locations back to names, home addresses, social networks, and phone numbers of people in attendance. In one instance, three members of a single family were tracked in the data. Most consumers don't know it's being collected, and it is insecure and vulnerable that that they are insecure and vulnerable to law enforcement as well as bad actors who might use it to inflict harm on innocent people. Well, duh. Then they go on to talk about one of them, Ronnie Vincent, who works at, I think, Domino's Pizza. Uh, no, he, he owns a pest control business in Kentucky. Sorry, there's several people that have been targeted, and I'm going to get into that in a second. They say it's not exactly imprecise. It's not exactly always precise because uh, sometimes people can be very close and not really be where they are accused of being. While the power and scope of this commercial surveillance come into sharp focus when we look at the specific time of the attack on the Capitol, it's important to remember that it is recording the movements of millions of Americans all day, all night, all year, wherever they are. Uh, Time's opinion showed Trump supporters travel from South Carolina, Florida, Ohio, and Kentucky to the nation's capital, with pings tracing neatly along major highways in the days before the attack. Stops at gas stations, restaurants, and motels dot the route like breadcrumbs, each offering corroborating details. Then they go on to talk about, you know, how mobile phones now have an ID for each person. And they say that you can, uh, like, do something inside your device to stop them tracking you, but it's not. It's a farce. It's not happening. They were able quickly to match 2,000 supposedly anonymous devices with email addresses, birthdays, ethnicities, ages, and more. And then, of course, tip lines to the FBI are off the, uh, off the charts Uh, Amateur investigators on TikTok, Instagram, other platforms, they've launched their own identification efforts. It's an all-points bulletin uh, to track down and blame people who may otherwise be completely innocent uh, for something inside the Capitol. It's like a mob violence on a national Internet scale and uh, cooperated for by the FBI and the Justice Department. That's what I'm going to get into next. By the way, that article is that they stormed the Capitol. Their acts tracked them. We'll put that on our Facebook page because I want you to see it. As distressing as it is, you need to see it. This is another one. Julie Kelly writes for American Greatness. America's political prisoners first. In September of 2019, Coy Griffin, founder of Cowboys for Trump, met with President Trump in the Oval Office. His group, according to its website, believes securing our border, protecting our Second Amendment, and protecting the lives of the unborn are the most vital and key aspects in America's greatness. Trump supporters riding on horseback, often carrying American flags and Trump banners, participated in rallies across the country to show support for the president. Today, Griffin sits in a jail cell, denied bail. Now, I have to say, I didn't have a chance to check this, but I actually think he's out now. She wrote this uh, on February the 4th. 
I think he's been released, but I'm not certain. So I just, I'm just not sure. So I just want to make sure there's an uncertainty. She said, prosecutors charged Griffin with one minor count of trespassing as part of the Justice Department's sweeping investigation into the events of January 6th. Griffin, who was a county commissioner in New Mexico, never entered the Capitol, but investigators scoured his social media account to find evidence that he was well within the restricted area. Griffin did not assault a police officer or break any windows or even steal an important leader's laptop. His real crime, of course, is that he's a Trump supporter. And his real threat to, and his real threat to society, according to U.S. prosecutors and a federal judge, is that Griffin dares to doubt the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. In his post-arrest interview, he Griffin told the FBI the election was stolen. Uh, so they argue that he's a flight risk, and he wasn't released. He was held for, uh, if he's still there, he's still held. But if he's released, he was still held way beyond what made any kind of sense given what he was charged with. The judge, uh, Faruqi, added that refusing re to accept the outcome of the 2020 election is like not believing facts or science. By the way, Faruqi uh, was appointed a federal magistrate last year after a 12-year career at D.C., D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, and that's the same office overseeing every January 6th-related case. And everyone that was at the Capitol on that day that's being surveilled will be brought back to D.C., where it's a horrible place, and that's where they will be tried and heard. So they, he's not the only one. They're being called insurrectionists, as you know, and... Uh, more than 200 people have been charged. The FBI has described its effort as a 24-7, full-bore, extensive operation and warned that agents from 56 field offices will be fully engaged. Not so much for Black Lives Matter and Antifa, why they don't seem to exist, or Ukrainian people. If I'm telling you, if uh, observers who are national security efforts experts saw that face in that crowd by facial recognition, you think the FBI might have seen that? I think they probably did, but you'll never hear about it. I don't think you'll ever hear about it. And so um, this is uh, Sherwin, who was one of the, uh, I can't see the, the title, but I want to read. Some of the misdemeanors we're filing, these are only the beginning, and this is not the end, Sherwin warned. We're looking at significant felony cases tied to sedition and conspiracy. And these cases are significant. The charges sometimes have prison terms of up to 20 years. The defendants are being held without bail for versions of the same crimes unpunished by thousands of times during Black Lives Matter and Tifa riots. It goes on, a retired firefighter um, who, his, Jerry, oh, I could go on, I could, but the article is America's Political Prisoners First. I am so angry about this. I can't tell you. We'll put the article on our Facebook page and we'll talk more about it. Sandy Rios in the morning. Your attitude toward the Bible is your attitude toward Christ. In other words, if you say, I delight in the Lord and you never open this book, you're just fooling yourself. Because where do you learn about the Lord? You learn about him in this book, don't you? Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Making Sense of It All, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. I've been working on the railroad. Brian Fisher leads the charge into America's culture war. On my time away. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> I think we're good to go. Focal Point with Brian Fisher. Yeah, that little impromptu uh, concert, that's just a bonus for you. Listen weekday afternoons at 1 Central. It's Focal Point with Brian Fisher. No extra charge for that. On American Family Radio.
Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A popular effort in social revisionism is happening, where racism, which is better described in biblical terms as skin color-based partiality, is a crime of which only people of lighter skin color can be guilty. Let's be clear. Factions, divisions, and dissensions, including those based on skin color, are the fruit of the sinful flesh. The root cause of partiality is sin. Every person, regardless of the quantity of melanin in their skin, is capable of partiality. The only remedy for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Ryan Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. The most mangled phrase in the history of mangled phrases is a wall of separation between church and state. It's not even found in the Constitution. It's from a letter of Thomas Jefferson's, and the Supreme Court dragged it out of that letter in 1947 and inserted it into its jurisprudence. But what Jefferson meant is that the Constitution erects a high and impregnable wall that protects the church from the interference and control of the state, not a wall that insulates the state from the influence of the church. The founders believed Christianity was an inseparable part of American society and were eager to protect its freedom to influence all of American life. America was founded as a Christian nation, and America will only be what it is supposed to be if Christianity is allowed to run free again. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. It's said that people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. In the case of Joe Biden, the principle should apply as well to people who live in white houses. President Biden says his predecessor should not have access to classified intelligence briefings, a courtesy normally extended to former commanders-in-chief. Mr. Biden's stated justification is his fear that Donald Trump, quote, might slip and say something, unquote. If anyone should be denied access to classified information, it should be Joe Biden. He's notoriously loose-lipped. He's also been deeply compromised by our nation's most dangerous adversary, the Chinese Communist Party. And President Biden has demonstrated utter contempt for the most basic of security concerns by reportedly consulting on China policy with his son Hunter, a profound counterintelligence risk given more than a billion dollars by CCP operatives. Can Joe Biden really cast the first stone? This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Remember last week, um, sorry, I got lots to tell you here, so I'm trying to get it in order so I can do the most important things. Um, I told you last week, and we heard the clip of uh, Mike Lindell being really silenced on Newsmax. That was pretty shocking. And he, Mike, in the midst of that, was saying, I've been canceled. You asked me why I've been canceled. It's because I am producing uh, evidence. I am collecting all this evidence of voter fraud, and I'm going to make it available Friday. This was before last Friday. And so the uh, Newsmax anchor wouldn't let him talk. They pulled down his audio, and the Newsmax anchor read a statement over him. And uh, Mike was trying to say, and he managed to get across. He said, I've been canceled by Twitter. I've been, you know, all of the, the products where I distribute my pillows whether it's Kohl's or uh, 
now I just can't, I can't think right, but the, all of them, I, I can't think of any exceptions. There must be, but they canceled out my sales. They're trying to cancel me because I simply am trying to show you that there was voter fraud. All right, so uh, Mike did uh, produce a video which came out on Friday. It's called Absolute, uh, what's the last second word? I can't read my own writing. Absolute Proof. Absolute Proof. Um, I watched, yesterday I watched the entire thing. It's two hours long, and it's, uh, you can get it at, I'm going to tell you where you can get it because you might not get it on our Facebook page. We'll put it there, uh, the, the link, but um, I just want you to have this. So it's michaeljlindell.com. MichaelJLindell.com. And please, you must watch it. I mean, it's uh, not perfectly. It's not like, you know, produced by CBS News, who produces beautifully, but lies. So we've got something that's, uh, it's good. I think Mike does a great job. He's got a lot of passion. And uh, the, the evidence is brought up about in a very comprehensible way. And most of it is about the voting machines, most of what he talks about. It's not not all of it, but there's a lot more fraud besides what they present. He's concentrating because the voter machines have been neglected. I, I can't believe myself, even from friends I have, D.C.-based, who have revolted against any notion that there would be a problem with voter machines. I, th I find it stunning. I don't understand the grip. I just don't understand the grip. <coughs> because even with common sense, you know that uh, machines are are going to be vulnerable, especially if they are connected to the internet. And they told us all this time that the machines, though, they're not connected to the internet. So they're, you know, every county, every precinct has their own, uh, you know, system or it's set up separately. But that's just a lie. And so that's one of the things that Mike explores. Also, you learn that uh, China, there was so much election ballot machine tampering is just too kind of a word. They just removed votes left and right from President Trump to uh, to uh, President Biden. It's just shocking. The Chinese were responsible. I think they said, I believe what they tracked, and they'll show you what they tracked. You can see the lines. You can see where it all goes. You see where it's coming from, where it went to, uh, timestamps, everything, everything. And I believe it was 60 or 70% of the uh, manipulation came from red communist China. And Gloria said, you know, nobody wants to talk about that because they're all in the tank for China. All of these uh, news media outlets, uh, Washington itself, uh, they're salivating over the money that they're going to make from China. Joe Biden, his son is back. Uh, Mr. Hunter, who was up to his ears in scandal, taking millions from China, red China, and also Ukraine. It's just uh, mind-boggling. But you know what? The one comfort that we have is that you can know the truth, and you can know the truth by going to michaeljlindell.com. Uh, Absolute Proof is the video. Again, we'll put it on our Facebook page. I'm sure it'll be knocked right off, but uh, so that's why I want you to have the address, michaeljlindell.com, okay? So watch that, okay? We may open the phone lines sometime this week and uh, see what you thought about it, okay? All right, and on, on that same note, uh, Fox News has abruptly, Fox Business has abruptly canceled Lou Dobbs' show. Because Smartmatic has sued Fox. Because you can't dare say there was voter fraud. That's what Newsmax was so paranoid about. One American News, by the way, has been faithful. They showed Mike Lindell's uh, movie several times on Friday. They may still be showing it this week. I really don't know. Uh, but uh, I was amazed, and that to me was a big chink in the, the armor of Newsmax. 
uh, to have them do what they did. I understand lawsuits. I understand, but we are at, we're at war here. We are at war. And you either be, believe in free speech or you believe in fighting the battle or you don't. And I think it's going to be, honestly, all of us are going to have to make some hard choices. These things now are theoretical. We're talking about people that we maybe are fond of, but it doesn't affect us yet. But it will affect us, and sooner than you think. And just ask the people that were there on January 6th, those innocent Trump, many of them listeners to, to this show, who went to D.C. to support President Trump because they believed that things happened on Election Day that were, they were fraudulent. And they wanted the truth, and their leaders would not listen. They mocked them. They ignored them. And so they went, and they supported their president. And then they marched to the Capitol because they were so mad at what was happening inside. And some of them went inside and probably did some things they shouldn't have done. I'm sure they did. But I do think they were egged on by leftists, communists, agitators. I believe we have proof of that. And so, um, all right, so Lou Dobbs has been canceled because Smartmatic is now suing, and he didn't even have a chance to say goodbye to his listeners. So I wonder, you know, I wonder about Maria Bartiroma, how much longer she's going to last. I think um, people are in trouble. By the way, the Newsmax anchor was forced to apologize to Mike Lindell. I don't know much about that other than uh, I just read the headline. So Smartmatic has Smartmatic is uh, uh, look, it's complex. There, there's Dominion. And there are other other. Uh, um, there are other systems that are being used, too, but uh, Dominion is the largest, but Smartmatic is tied to all of them in another way. I wish I could explain it. I can't. If you watch the video, it will make more sense to you. There are, there's also a CIDL that's involved in this, so there are a lot of different branches with different purviews, different things that they do. Well, Smartmatic has filed a $2.7 billion lawsuit against Fox News, Giuliani, and um, Sidney Powell over election fraud claims. See, the thing of it is, um, now the Supreme Court is finally uh, going to hear some of these cases. Thank you, Chief Justice Roberts and the other justices besides Thomas and Scalia, uh, Thomas and, um, yes, the other uh, justice that I know. I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, two of them wanted to hear it before the election, but the others, no, not so much, not so much. But now they're going to hear it. I don't know what it's going to mean, but perhaps it will be, a, a, perhaps if it, is a fair hearing, because in two cases where the some of the election um, fraud evidence has been displayed in court, those judges in the two cases, uh, I think one was in Michigan, one was somewhere else, uh, the, the judges actually did something about it. They took it seriously. It, in the other courts where they keep saying there was no evidence, the courts refused to hear it because they said you don't have standing. Uh, they didn't look at the evidence. They just refused to listen or hear it. So... Um, it could be that Smartmatic, you know, God willing, if there would be a judge somewhere outside of D.C., which, as I said before, I actually honestly believe a part. I'm not asking for people to die, but I'm saying I wish there it would sink into the ocean. It is the head of the snake. It is the head of the snake. So much wickedness comes out of D.C. And so, um, all right, so that's, that's I want, please watch that video because uh, you, and again, you'll need to watch that. You'll want to watch it, and you'll want to share it with as many people as possible. Your skeptic friends, just challenge them to watch it. Just watch this. And Mike Lindell's not, you know, he's not uh, Lou Dobbs. He's not a seasoned anchor, but I still think he does a good job. He's very, of course, he's very genuine. And uh, he, he actually, I think, does a great job expediting it, even though he's not a polished a host. So um, it's, it's something that, you know, people who are honest and fair-minded I don't think could watch that and deny there was something terribly wrong that happened on Election Day in this country. All right, now, speaking of something terribly wrong, 
I want to change the subject to something else that I'm deeply concerned about. Deeply concerned about. Um, in my neighborhood, just, and in my church, you know, people are wearing masks. Um, actually, in my church, not so much, but some of them are. In my neighborhood, they are afraid, afraid to death. They won't come to our house. Uh, they're fr frightened, and they. Ha I heard them say over the weekend, several of them. I'm, I'm getting. I've got my first vaccine. I'm. I got my first one. I'm so glad. And I've heard people writing about how they're going to get their lives back. They can't wait. They are just uh, anticipating that normalcy will return when they get the vaccine for COVID-19. But I just, if you don't believe me that that's not true. If for some reason you don't believe that I could possibly be right, that you could get that, you can get the vaccine, but it will not change anything. Listen to Jen Psaki, who represents Joe Biden. Let's listen. Uh, what we're also trying to do is make our health and medical experts available to ensure people understand, and I'll reiterate it here today, it's not just a vaccine, it's obviously a, an incredible medical breakthrough, um, and we want every American to have one. But even after you're vaccinated, uh, social distancing, wearing masks are going to be essential, and we'll, we'll, we'll need to continue communicating about that through health and medical experts. Yeah, so uh, keep it up, uh, social distancing and masks. Just because you've had a vaccine doesn't mean you can, you know, live again. So says Jen Psaki. So says, you know, the so-called experts. There's a reason for this. I hope you figure it out sooner rather than later. I have been quiet on the vaccine because I haven't known what to think. I've been reading all kinds of things about people dying shortly after taking it. I read uh, one black woman recently, just within hours, she was dead. I I've read several like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. And I would not say or deliver, uh, a, a pro, you know, a declaration unless I knew I was right about something or felt almost certain. But I will tell you this. I listened yesterday. Yesterday was my listening day. I uh, watched Dr. Simone Gold uh, present just uh, really in the, in the recent weeks, maybe days. Uh, she is the person who established America's Frontline Doctors after she was fired in Los Angeles, she is a, um, uh, a certified emergency room physician. She practiced for over 20 years, and uh, she ran afoul because she, uh, she prescribed hydroxychloroquine and zinc to a, a woman who had COVID who, who right away recovered and did very well under Simone's care. Uh, but her uh, supervisor warned her that she would be fired if she did that again, and she said that's so strange because doctors— do not. Uh, we practice as individuals. We have the right under the code uh, to treat our patients the way we think is best. Uh, but but she uh, ended up getting fired from that job because she insisted. And in fact, that's when she formed frontline doctors. And their first outing, which many of you saw, was to defend the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine. And that's where the that's where the lies began. At least the ones we were we were we seemed to understand that we were being lied to. You know, hydroxychloroquine is sold over the counter in most nations. In France also. It's just not here because there isn't much need for it, but it's, it's given for lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. But it's been, uh, you know, I'm sure you know this stuff, been approved for 65 years. It's, uh, it's not a drug. They've given it to everyone, babies, pregnant women. It's never been a problem. Now, suddenly it was demonized. And uh, that's how Simone came out swinging and the doctor's in front line because uh, it they oh and also I have to tell you that I know for a fact in the area where I live the big medical group that treats most people around me will not treat 
people who are who take a COVID test and it comes back positive. They tell them they cannot give them anything unless they're hospitalized. And so they send them home with nothing and they get sick. Now, people are still not dying. I don't, I've not, to, in, like, I haven't, I'm not saying no one's dying anywhere. I'm talking in my sphere of knowledge. Uh, people are recovering on their own, but the, the doctor's group is refusing. And Simone addressed that. She said that they're being told not to do that not to give people medication to make them better. And it's just, it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. She also went on to emphasize that the vaccine is experimental. It's not, have been tested in so many ways. It is still an experimental vaccine. It has not been whatever it is, a certification you get for vaccines. It doesn't have that. Drug companies have no liability if something happens to you. And she goes on to say, um, uh, the chances are for uh, I got to get this in quickly because it's so important. The chances of survival if you contract COVID under the age of twenty it's ninety nine point ninety nine 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 seven percent. Twenty to ninety four you have a ninety nine point eight percent chance of surviving. Fifty to sixty nine and ninety nine point five percent of surviving. Over seventy a ninety five percent chance of surviving unless you have other problems. Most people who die have, uh, you know, other situations like obesity is one of the biggest ones. Uh, nursing, nursing homes still remain the highest place where deaths are taking place. Uh, there's a lot more to say about this, but she is saying that um, the earlier developing of vaccines for COVID showed some very disturbing things. Like instead of making people or these animals immune to the virus, it made them more susceptible. She also said that they're thinking, they're testing now whether it affects fertility. That's not, they don't know, but they're testing it, but they don't know. And she's saying, don't take this vaccine. And I'm telling you what she reported, just so you can know. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.